Hey, App Growth community. Welcome back to the App Growth Show, where we host mobile experts to unlock valuable and actionable insights on how you can grow your app. No matter where you are in your app growth journey, we are here to help you reach your mobile growth goals. Let's dive right into today's episode. Today, we are so excited to be joined by Lauren Tracy, an experienced entrepreneur in the tech and media space. Lauren is the co-founder and former CEO of the mobile app Blue Fever, a social app that focuses on helping Gen Z be their true selves online. Currently, Lauren is in a transition phase of her career and is working on some exciting new things that she will share with you in this episode. Lauren has experienced app growth firsthand and will provide listeners with insight on how Blue Fever became what it is today. Hello, welcome to the App Growth Show. This is Jennifer Sansone, and I'm very excited to be here today with Lauren Tracy, where we'll be talking about some app growth insights and tips from a pro. Uh, So Lauren, uh, thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, Jennifer. So to get us started, why don't you um, tell us a little bit about yourself so we have some background Mm -hmm. for for this conversation we're going to have about app growth. Yeah, sure. So I'm an entrepreneur in the tech and media spaces. And I've started a couple of companies and brought a few products to market as co-founder and CEO. And also through those companies, I've had some experience raising money from venture capital like Amazon, Bumble, and Serena Williams's fund. Um, But first, early on in my career, I was trained as a filmmaker. uh, And my expertise and passion really lies in understanding a human pattern or a market need, and then creating a compelling piece of media or startup venture to address it. Um, And I guess I would say that, especially in 2020, I look back over my work doing that and realize that I'm pretty obsessed with trying to help positively impact people's lives and uh, wellness specifically, but I like the emotional kind of inner wellness, as I call it. Wow, that's fascinating. Definitely inspiring. (laughs) Um, But can you maybe tell us a little bit more about these first two companies that you were talking about just for some context um, and then we can get into some more tactical things from there. Yeah, excited to talk about the growth part. So my first company was in the media space as that's my background. And there we were really discovering quality YouTube videos that were starring young women. But that was kind of before those creators that made those videos got big, so to speak, online. And then we would take that work and other uh, work that they had and license it to Hollywood distributors and streaming platforms. And I would say, you know, every entrepreneur sort of has a story of like failure. I would say this one is my failure story, uh, at least so far. Um, It really was not a good business model, but I learned a lot. And, um, you know, it just wasn't a very lucrative model to begin with. But then my latest venture is a company I co-founded and was CEO of called Blue Fever. It still exists in the app store today, so you can check it out. Um, It's an anonymous social app where Gen Z can be their truest selves. So it's really designed to kind of be the opposite of Facebook or Instagram. Um, where on the app, Gen Z is anonymously kind of creating these visual diary entries and giving each other virtual hugs and stickers in reaction and support if they relate to each other. One of our users recently called that one a self-care social platform, which I thought was quite cute. And uh, yeah, very proud of my team uh, that I built that with. And as they 
continue to grow that. I'm in development on some new projects. But yeah, we can kind of talk about like the growth approach and what I've learned through like failure, trial and error kind of stuff. Well, yeah, definitely. Because that's always part of the story, right? Um, you know, the there's the... yeah always the bumps in the road but like you said there's always learnings from it so that's kind of what we're here to pick your brain about a little Mm -hmm. bit to see you know what those little nuggets are of that come from both the successes and the failures so um as far as you know designing an app company for growth like what's what's your approach there yeah i would say that um my approach is holistic i've learned through trial and error but i also want to make sure that people listening to this Um, I guess I wouldn't consider myself an expert on this yet. I think that I've had some experience and I definitely need to learn more, but my experience lies mostly in the sort of what we call like, excuse me, zero to one phase, um, where I haven't seen like a breakout crazy high growth success yet. Um, but hopefully the fever kind of gets there. And so what I'm about to talk about is about my experience from that zero to one of getting many people to use it, but not like millions of people yet. So over the last five or six years of running companies, my philosophy has really been to create long-term compounding value. I didn't realize that in the beginning. I didn't necessarily know how to talk about that. But when I look back at it, that's like what I learned. And I see my job as an entrepreneur. um, And I think that job is to understand how the product, the marketing, and the business structure all work together. And that can create compounding growth if you do it right. So I think there are like three major things that I've found we needed in order to be successful with growth. Um, The first being you have to build immediate value from the product to your users. So they have to know why they're coming on, what it's for, how it's useful for them, and then get impact out of it right away. The second is to build long-term value for them. So why do they come back over and over again? How does their experience and sort of feeling about the product change over time? And then the third is learning to master how it will grow. And at first you don't necessarily know that and you have to kind of tweak it along the way and aim for usually consistent growth and affordable growth, ideally, of course. So it's a wheel that has to keep on turning basically, right? It's yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. And it's, and it's, you know, kind of, we frame a lot of the things that we do as, you know, with the acquisition, but then there's retention and then there's mm-hmm. re-engagement. So it's that constant you know, it's, it's never, you've never succeeded, right? Because there's always, you've reached success, but there's always someone else coming in. Something so you always else have to, to be re- not reinventing the wheel, but always keeping that wheel turning. Right. So yeah, that's a um, good way of putting it. It's almost like there's sort of maybe even gears of different wheels kind of together and that, that creates the machine. Yeah. Um, can you take us through a little bit more? You were talking about, you know, some of uh, the failures and can you, mm-hmm. can you talk us through a little bit more about some of these failures and successes from, from your experience? Yeah, sure. Um, so in many tech companies, from my experience, including blue fever, retention is the first thing you really have to get right to set yourself up to have compounding growth. Um, I'll give an example that like people might be more familiar with, and then I can go into blue fever, but Take Facebook, for example, 
right? They started out with a really great growth efficient. So, uh, excuse me, a great growth coefficient. So if somebody joined and made um, roughly about seven friends on Facebook, then that person became a super user and invited other friends, which is awesome. But what I believe Facebook kind of lost a handle on over time is what happens after that. So what Facebook was really good at is um, essentially getting people to keep adding new friends to maximize that super growth of users. But that created this overwhelming amount of opinions and information and eventually toxicity that users had to deal with that we all are kind of familiar with now on that platform. Um, but retention isn't like all you need, right? So they did really good at the growth part. You need that retention long-term they kind of missed out on. Um, an example that I went through and sort of saw failure firsthand is before the current Blue Fever app uh, that exists in the iOS app store right now that I just talked about, we actually had a different one. And that had really great long-term retention, but it did not have great compounding growth. So we had kind of the opposite problem of Facebook. Uh, we had hundreds of thousands of users that we got pretty cheaply, but not for free. And despite loving the product, our teenage users didn't tell their friends about it because that app was essentially an empathetic bot to help you with your emotions. And having a bot as a friend is like pretty taboo, especially for a teenager. And so they didn't want to tell their friends about that, which is understandable. So we realized we needed to work on understanding how a product that helps you with your emotions could actually grow sustainably beyond paying for users. And that's when we ended up designing the current Blue Fever app that is designed with that retention along with these compounding growth network effects in mind. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting how you're saying you had the opposite problem, right? Of, <laughs> yeah, hopefully of, we, <laughs> we uh, get a little bit more growth like Facebook uh, going here next. Um, so it's kind of like there's different types of apps, right? So can you maybe talk us through how have you seen these different types of apps grow? Yeah. Um, so caveat specifically for this is that we're in this process right now. So a little bit of what I'm going to talk about is theory and a little bit is um, other companies and a little bit is Blue Fever. So the team at Blue Fever is executing this now for the current app, and I think it will be successful, but we won't know until we see it happen. Um, those different kinds of apps that you mentioned, I like uh, to break them down into two categories. These are the ones that I know best. Um, so one is social apps and one is content apps. So Facebook is a social app. YouTube is a content app. They each have, you know, content and social, of course, but by and large, that's, um, uh, what the focus is of each of those. I find that content apps, which is what Blue Fever and YouTube and Pinterest are, let's say, um, are a little bit less understood than social apps. So content apps are focused on growing a content network effect over a social network effect where you like invite others to join kind of rapidly. So the content volume, as that content volume and the recommendation algorithms get better and better on these content apps, the retention becomes higher. But the growth is a little slower than social apps because users don't invite their friends to join or, or interact with them a ton on it, right? You like watch a YouTube video um, 
but you're not like then bringing your friend in to comment next to you. You're commenting with like strangers usually. Um, but the plus side for content apps is usually users end up staying for years and years and years. So as that content expands and as the recommendation algorithm understands you better, it becomes more and more relevant to you, right? Unlike maybe a Facebook where after you have like a hundred friends, right? It sort of becomes less relevant to you <laughs> as more people come on, right? So this is a very different experience. And from my experience, the tech industry, especially um, product people and investors are like really leaning into this concept more and more of content is uh, kind of content is king going back to that whole saying. Um, and I think the, the best investors in tech today are looking for that healthy combination of retention through content and compounding growth. I, I love how you broke that down uh, for us because I think many times it isn't, you know, broken down in that mm. way of how, you know, because you're right, in some ways, social apps are content and content are social, but, you know, some it's hard to see. Apps. Yeah. Yeah. But when it's broken in, down in that way, you can see from like a retention perspective where, you know, the, because yeah, on, you know, on Facebook, having 100, 200, 300 friends, like you said, in many ways, it becomes less relevant because mm -hmm. at a certain point you kind of lose touch with, you know, what is it that you're following here? Um, yeah, so why? <laughs> so yeah, so, so yeah, I really like how you did that because it, it makes it really clear of, um, of, of how that works. So, you know, as, as you know, some of our listeners are, um, entrepreneurs as well, or they're looking mm -hmm. to either um, start an app or, or grow an app. Maybe they're just, you know, have success with acquisition, but are running into problems with retention, that sort of thing. So um, what advice would you give to other entrepreneurs or, or team leaders in general about growth? Um, there's probably a lot here. <laughs> Uh, and of course, everyone's experience is a little bit different. But for us, I would say I find the big question for growth that I tend to grapple with, and we we were in my teams a lot, is where do you spend your resources on growth? Where do you not, and how much? Um, and as you know, I mentioned, I feel growth really comes from the whole machine working well together. So. There was sort of this trend for a little while where you hire quote unquote, like a growth person and like that person takes care of growth. Right. And I think I would, I would bet that AGN kind of, um, sees that firsthand when you're like working with clients too. Um, but hiring a growth person or a, a growth company like you guys is not like the whole growth strategy. Right. And I find it works best, works best when we think about the growth strategy in a few parts. So like one, who helps the product improve uh, that value to customers? How does that grow? If you already have that person on, the, on your team, great. If it's you, great. If it's perhaps a product person or a tech leader, let's say um, you need that person. Two, you need, or people, right? This doesn't have to be singular. Um, two, you need the person who helps the product's network effects improve. Sometimes that's the same person. 
Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you need more than one person. Uh, as an early resource for people, if you don't know it already, when I was in between the first version of Blue Fever and the second, and we had that pivot in, in the product, and we needed to figure out how to make it grow, NFX, the um, fund and the blog that has like extensive articles on compounding growth network effects was so valuable to me. So I highly recommend checking that out if you're starting on you know, these network effects yourself. And then the third element is who helps people find out about the product that wouldn't be a word of mouth or via network effects. So like an app growth network, right? Like that growth hacker, like um, an ads person, social media person. Those are just some examples, right? You need like all of these three kind of moving parts together. Um, but again, you have to kind of come to AGN, let's say, with your basic retention and network effects started, even if you just have a hypothesis, right? Maybe you know a little bit about how it works, maybe you don't, but it's really your job as like the leader of the company or the leader of, of the product that you're working on um, to understand how you think the whole machine should or does work together in order to make it really successful. Great. Yeah, they're, they're all really contingent upon each other, aren't they? The, you know, from the product yes. and that's, you know, it's not a standalone thing, just like the, the um, you know, the marketing is not a standalone thing. They all have to work, you know, in harmony and that holistic approach, like you were saying, otherwise, if, you know, if, if one cog in the wheel goes down, the whole, the whole thing goes, right? Yeah, so, exactly. So, and it can yeah. be messy too, like, and it's okay, right? It's like, you drop the ball in one and then you got to pick it up or you think that these things feel complex together. They are pretty complex and that's okay. And you have to experiment along the way, but it's true. Um, so, so Lauren, before I just wanted to um, touch a little bit on, you know, you were talking about these, these past projects. So what's next for you? What, what is it that you're working on? If, if, if uh, we're allowed to know. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. So, uh, First of all, I've had a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter in general at it's Lauren Tracy. So you can kind of follow along on uh, these things moving forward. But I'm working on a few things right now across media and tech and kind of seeing which one gains traction first. Um, the first is a new startup idea that I had a number of years ago, actually in the wellness space that I'm in research mode on now. And um, the highest level way I would put it is that, you know, with kind of rising levels of stress in all of us, or maybe we've just realized it more in the last year, <laughs> year or two. Um, I believe that we can design smart jewelry to reduce stress and optimize for joy. And there's some really cool stuff happening in the wearable space right now that I think can kind of be brought over into um, more of a focus on, on women and, and jewelry more directly. So um, kind of excited for that. I'm excited too. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. Great. Well, I want to hear about. I can this. talk to you about that later. <laughs> I can talk to you about that later. Um, and then two of the things I'm developing a TV show in partnership with another tech company um, that I can't say anything else about now. Uh, and then um, developing a movie that is a really fun um, slasher thriller about a social media influencer. It's kind of um, <laughs> an exaggerated 
comment on the toxicity of, of social media influence on teenage girls today. Well, and that's so relevant because with all this Facebook findings that, you know, were released that these things are confirmed, you know, I, know. I think that's especially relevant of, you know, people are really starting to become aware of that mm-hmm. this is an issue, you know, especially with, you know, which is why blue fever is such a beautiful thing because it's trying to address these very real, you know, things that are going on with, with very young, impressionable um, minds, especially with girls. So um, I love this. Yeah. I love everything that, that you're telling <laughs> us. And um, so, yeah, I'll definitely be following along to see uh, what, cool, what's cool. in store because it sounds like you got a lot of cool things coming up. So, yeah, we will definitely include um, your um, information in the in the description so that people can follow along as well. Um, but uh, with that, I want to give you a big thank you for joining us and for sharing you know, these, these insights that you've had um, in so many different areas. So um, wish you the best of luck with these endeavors and uh, we will be following along in your journey. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. And it's been uh, fun so far. And I hope I get to work with you guys directly in the future on uh, one of these. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you, Lauren. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Thank you so much for joining today's episode on the App Growth Show. We hope you were able to take away some actionable insights for growing your mobile app and became more aware of the journey many take to become successful in the mobile app industry. If you found today's episode to be helpful, please visit appgrowthnetwork.com and book your free call with us today to supercharge your mobile growth. See you in the next episode. You can now listen to this episode on Newsly, a powerful audio news aggregator that will keep you engaged with valuable information. Even better, you can now download it for free from www.newsly.me and get a one-month free premium subscription by using our exclusive promo code AGNP0D2021. And that's AGNP0D2021 to enable a distraction-free listening experience.